You're listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Chris Burns. Well, good morning, and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Fort Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland, and Pelham. We're located in Southern Ontario, a wonderful place to live, work, and play. This morning, Chris Burns, uh, owner of 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM, joins me as co-host. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Dolores, I'm excellent. The sun is shining. March is here. The weather is getting warmer. Yay! Fantastic. <laughs> I, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Small Business Enterprise Center, City of Niagara Falls. They're great supporters of our chamber and of our local business community. Chris, this morning, we're going to continue with our conversation on the uh, incredible development that's happening in our municipalities right across South Niagara. It seems that all of our municipalities are booming and we want details. So Chris, let's get to it. Who do we have joining us this morning? Well, this morning we welcome Angela Davidson, who's the Economic Development Officer for the City of Niagara Falls. She's gonna be sharing some of the exciting things that are happening in this community, a world-renowned community, no less. So um, Angela, to get us started, can you uh, provide us with a description uh, you know, of the area? Uh, everybody of course knows Niagara Falls, it's a world renowned tourism destination, uh, but what about industry? What about all the other vibrant things that are happening in our community? Absolutely, thank you so much, Chris, and good morning, Chris and Dolores. Um, I'd never, uh, never not have an opportunity to talk about Niagara Falls when, when I'm given, so uh, really appreciate the time today. Um, and hoping that I can uh, spread a little bit more knowledge to the listeners that are listening uh, about Niagara Falls. So Niagara Falls is a community of about 90,000 people. Um, we have a global brand for business. Um, and what many people do know about us, you're right, Chris, is our booming tourism industry. So we do welcome about 14 million tourists a year to Niagara Falls. And we have a variety of amazing amenities to really service those tourists throughout the year. Um, but what might not be quite as known about Niagara Falls is that our largest contributor to GDP really is our advanced manufacturing industries. Um, we also have a very healthy and vibrant knowledge base and professional services industry in Niagara. Um, so we've got companies um, and we attract companies as well um, from locations across the GTA as well as across the world who are really looking to service southwestern Ontario as well as the eastern seaboard of the United States. So we have quite a strategic location and in history that is why we've always been um, a great advantage point for businesses who are looking to operate here. We also have a variety of exciting developments that are going on um, that I look forward to sharing with you as we continue our discussion. That's great. So, so we want to get into all of that, but you know, it's Niagara Falls. So we have to talk about the 14 uh, million visitors. We have to talk about tourism. So, so let's get that out of the way. So uh, tourism has been, you know, that sector has been probably hit the hardest uh, over the past couple of years, but we're all confident that 2022 is our year and that we're going to have a good season. So what, what are some of the plans? What is the city doing to, to help that sector? And what are some of the exciting things that, um, you know, will be happening in Niagara Falls this, this coming tourism season? 
Well, you're right, Dolores. Um, over the past 24 months, our tourism industry has been hit harder than most industries. Um, we've seen this in the past um, with the inception of the passport to cross the border, um, SARS, 9-11, um, but this has been a little bit different. Um, and I think the whole world kind of has, has felt the, cha the challenges with this pandemic. Um, so we've been assisting businesses as we've gone through this pandemic um, and tourism has been a large component of that. So we worked very closely with the region um, for a tourism adaptation funding program. And we actually funded about $700,000 to our local tourism-based businesses um, with a $20,000 grant. Um, so this assisted businesses throughout the last year to get, um, whether it's wayfinding signage, disinfectant equipment, um, patio equipment, um, outdoor tents, anything that they really needed to do, training programs um, to equip their staff and their business to be able to service throughout the, the pandemic. Um, so that was one large thing that we did. Um, we've also been working hand in hand with different marketing campaigns in our tourism industry to make sure that the people who are coming to Niagara Falls um, feel safe when they come back, um, that our operators understand um, and disinfecting and safety protocols and all of that sort of stuff. Um, over the past two years, and we're continuing that this year, the city has also um, worked hard to do a summer of the patio promotion. So in many locations across Niagara Falls where we didn't maybe have opportunities for patios in the past, um, the city has eased up on some of their um, regulations to allow patios to take place. So whether that be on city property, um, sidewalks, um, whether it's merging out into the street so they have space to serve customers. And that's something that we found we have a ton of success with and something that we want to continue doing. For this- I'm summer, just going to interject because I really think that that's important. I loved um, those outdoor patios, as did many people. And while a number of the restrictions have been you know, taken away now, um, it's going to take us a while to get people feeling comfortable uh, coming out and, and being around people again, right? We were in this for mm. 24 months, so we're not just going to snap our fingers. So I'm really happy to hear that um, a lot of those, um, um, the ability to have those patios is, is going to continue because I think that's really important for the survival of a lot of those businesses. So sorry to interrupt, but I had to make that point. No, absolutely. And, you know, we've seen a lot of different businesses who who maybe, you know, depending on where their location is, have never had an opportunity to hire right. you. So we've really given some additional opportunities to owners of businesses who may not have had those opportunities before. So for this summer season, uh, our fingers are very much crossed that the world will be relatively back to normal. And we're looking forward to the opening of our entertainment center. And that's one thing that has been huge for Niagara Falls. And unfortunately, it never had a chance to open um, and have their first show before the pandemic. Um, so that's something that we're very much looking forward to. Um, the city, along with tourism partners, are also heavily focused on um, some music city um, ideas. So we have a lot of assets around the city when we look at Queen Victoria Park, uh, Scotiabank Convention Center, um, the um, infrastructure development now at Fireman's Park with their amphitheater. We have a lot of assets to do um, some outdoor performances and music shows and that's something that we're really focused on this year as well and trying to bring to life uh, is really making Niagara Falls a music city. So that's something pretty exciting that we're working on and I, and I think that it's going to be great for residents and uh, tourists alike. 
Well, and we the, just this weekend, what the Trues and Blue Rodeo, Rodeo. we scheduled our New Year's Eve, and so we're celebrating New Year's Eve again. We're so yes. lucky with uh, Absolutely. Rodeo. So it's a, a a good way to start the season, I think. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. And Angela, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, as a as a owner of a radio station. Uh, you know, we we keep fairly close to our listeners, and and we interact with them. You know, across all the all the platforms, and we've been checking in, trying to work out when it's safe to start and do things like concert ticket giveaways, and uh, and so you know we, we are starting that again, and and uh, and and we've got a concert coming up with Loverboy, a great Canadian band, and uh, people are excited, uh, you know, to uh, uh, to win tickets and and to. Uh, finally go back out and and go to a concert again but just one of the questions that it's on my mind is you know we, we obviously noticed when the border closed and uh we didn't have the americans coming in here um that was a real concern and uh, somebody told me that about 43 cents of every dollar spent in the niagara region is spent by an american so clearly until the americans come back um it, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge and so what things, uh, you know, uh, is the economic development uh, officer and, the, and your organization doing to try and attract uh, and, and let Americans know that it's safe to come back here again? Mm -hmm. At present, we, uh, we're working closely with our provincial and federal counterparts um, to really understand um, the timelines of when Americans may be able to come back, um, what sort of testing that they may need. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing. Um, but I would say we've pivoted a little bit in the past couple of years um, throughout the pandemic and really tried to promote our destination as a great um, domestic opportunity for Ontarians as well as Canadians to travel. Um, so that's something um, with the federal government, they've got the travel incentive program this year that is a rebate um, for Canadian families who are looking to travel uh, within Canada and Ontario. So that I think is one thing. And we're also doing some larger marketing campaigns as well as bundled, bundled packages um, with the hotel operators uh, for weekend trips for locals. So uh, we're trying, I think, as best we can to lobby. Restrictions are eased a little bit and people feel more comfortable, um, but we don't have a ton of control over that. What we do have control over is kind of our marketing and opportunities to uh, market to domestic travelers. And I can tell you, uh, you know, we're the Chamber of Commerce, so we field a lot of the calls from people who, who want to visit. And throughout, you know, the pandemic, um, we were amazed at the amount of calls we were still getting from uh, both Americans and, um, and, and Canadians who were looking to travel to Niagara Falls. And, um, you know, we can laugh about it now, but at the time, you know, uh, Americans were, were calling it. And the farther you are from the border, and we've, we've said this a number of times, the less you understand that it's a physical border, right? Like mm -hmm. that. And so we would get calls from Americans saying, yeah, we want to come, you know, in, in July and uh, where can we stay, you know, some recommendations on restaurants and attractions. And we were like, well, you're calling Niagara Falls, Canada. Yep. Yep. That's where we want to go. Well, you can't, <laughs> you can't get across the border. <laughs> and they, they just didn't, uh, I mean, as I said, we can laugh about it now, but at the time it was like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> of course. And I mean, for some families, whether they're Canadian or American, um, having to get rapid tests and antigen tests and things like that. I mean, it's, it's a lot to organize. Yeah. 
for you before you travel. So I think everyone's looking forward to um, those restrictions loosening a little bit. Um, and I'm confident, I think by the summertime, uh, we will see more of an influx of American travelers, um, which I think will be great for the industry as a rebound opportunity. Yeah, you, you know, we we um, have a couple of different locations that, that we manage. And um, I think next week, not next week, but in a couple of weeks, we're going to have the team from Fort Erie. And similar to you, but a little different, um, they're really looking forward to welcoming uh, their American neighbors back again because they own cottages in the area. And, mm -hmm. you know, during the summer months, the, the population of that community almost doubles because of everybody coming and, and you know, enjoying their lazy days at the Buffalo Canoe Club and, and mm -hmm. um, really enjoying, you know, that lifestyle. And they haven't been, been back in two years. So um, kind of a different reason, but, but very hopeful and uh, very much looking forward to welcoming our U.S. Uh, friends back. So that's a good message. Yeah. Do you have an idea for a small business? Maybe you're trying to grow a business that you've already started. Whatever the case, the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center is a community service that is here to help. Offering entrepreneurs the tools to start and grow their businesses, the Small Business Enterprise Center is your one stop for free business information and advice. Serving Niagara Falls and South Niagara, learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed at niagarafalls.ca slash SBEC. Angela, you know, one of the questions that, uh, you know, comes up in conversations a lot in this area is housing affordability. You know, frankly, it's an issue across uh, the region, it's an issue across Ontario, and it's an issue across the whole country. So does the city have a strategy to ensure that people can afford to live in Niagara Falls? Yeah, so uh, super timely discussion, and I agree, this is a challenge that we're seeing uh, locally as well as throughout the province and the country. Um, the city of Niagara Falls has undergone a housing strategy. Um, so we started working on that in uh, 2021, and the final report is almost ready to present to council. Uh, the planning department worked on that with uh, conjunction with Dillon Consulting, a group that has a variety of knowledge of this sort of work across the province. Um, and we're seeing um, many similar um, circumstances that you will see across the province where um, rental rates um, are in the negative. There's there's very little to rent. Um, what is available is, is quite expensive. Um, the housing market is booming. So the affordability of housing for our re current residents or even new residents is extremely low. Uh, and our city has looked at different ways to be able to um, combat that as we move forward. So I know Dylan's got um, five or six different um, strategies, um, ways that we can kind of move forward and look at that. Um, but I think the truth of the matter is the housing market inventory needs to change as we move forward. Um, so we really need to look at, um, you know, opportunities for rental apartments. That's something that over the past 10 years, a lot of our apartment buildings have turned into condos. Uh, I think that that's something that's important. Uh, we also need to look at a variety of housing mixes. Um, we are a community um, in the past who is very... Um, uh, likes their single family detached dwellings. I think that's what we've been used to as we grew up. Um, but we've got a lot of um, newcomers who are moving either from the GTA or from around the world to Niagara, and they're comfortable with 
um, townhomes and condos, as well as um, you know mixed use opportunities too. So, so I think that we need to really look at a mix of housing um, and a mix of pricing as we move forward. So I know that Welland, um, yes. who will be on the show in a couple of weeks as well, but I know that they passed a bylaw, or I, I'm not sure what the term is, but but allowing houses to uh, fix up basements uh, or or extra bedrooms and rent out where where that wasn't allowed in in um, you know mm-hmm. depending on the neighborhood and zoning wasn't allowed in the in the past, but right now. It's all changed, and I think they were the first in Niagara, and I don't know if they're the only one, but that made a lot of sense to me because, you know, like you said, we we have a lot of larger homes, um, kids leave, uh, you know, there's one or two people living in a three or four bedroom home uh, with fully finished basements, and um, why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Is, is Niagara Falls looking at, at something similar? Have you already done that? I may have missed it. Yeah, so Niagara Falls actually has a very similar bylaw um, for secondary dwelling units within your home. So so we have looked at that, um, and part of that bylaw really looks at, you know, is there an opportunity to build a little apartment above your garage? Is there an opportunity to use your basement and create a secondary unit within that? And I think the thought process behind that is um, we can't make more land. So what can we do to be more efficient with the homes that we already have when we know that we do have an aging population. And you're right, Dolores, in many homes, you may have one or two people. So there's potentially quite a bit of space that could be rented out to someone else who may not be able to afford um, the rent of a full unit on their own. Yeah. And I know that you guys have a good relationship, as do all of our communities here in South Niagara, with uh, Habitat for Humanity, which, um, you know, thank goodness they're there. Um, they, they provide some relief. And I know that we talked uh, maybe two weeks ago when we had Bram um, on from the city of Port Coburn about, you know, the, the, the small homes. Uh, and I think Fort Erie is is leading that charge with, with um, you know, building, um, um, it's not a subdivision, but an area with much smaller homes that are affordable. And um, any thoughts on that? We- We've actually had quite a bit of discussion um, around council chambers about tiny homes. And I know a couple of our councillors went down to Texas a couple years ago to really explore that opportunity further. Um, I haven't seen anything come back, but I think that that is discussed in the housing strategy in the final report that'll be coming to council um, as an opportunity to look at creative ways to affordable housing, um, as well as not using quite as much land space um, to provide that affordable housing, because that's one of the largest challenges, right? Um, the cost of residential land, if it's greenfield, is, is very, very expensive. So trying to keep those costs down when the cost of land and raw materials keep skyrocketing is, is part of the challenge as well um, when we're looking at affordable housing. So, so I think that that's something that's also being looked at. I think it's also important to note in Niagara Falls, we've had a few varying challenges. I mean, being a large tourism area, we have um, a lot of opportunity for Airbnb and vacation rental units and different things like that, which has also taken a good portion of housing inventory off of the market. Um, So we have a couple different factors as well that do kind of play into the um, low inventory. Um, So we've been working on and have a bylaw for that as well now too, um, making sure that they're in appropriate areas, whether it's tourism or central business districts, um, to keep it out of those residential areas where really that inventory should be for local residents and or any resident um, in Canada who may want to move to the city. 
Yeah, makes sense. Well, you know, uh, affordable housing is important, but but jobs are also important. Yes. And uh, I, I know that the city is is undertaking an employment lands strategy right now. Um, and just, you know, for our listeners, the purpose of that strategy is to ensure adequate supply of designated, serviced, and marketable industrial lands to accommodate current and future um, employment growth to, to stay competitive. Um, so can you provide us with any additional details on this strategy? Because it sounds pretty big. It uh, is. Break yeah. it down for us. Absolutely. So, um, you know, as part of the role of an economic development officer, it's really to work with companies who are looking at um, whether they're looking at expanding um, or looking at purchasing buildings that they may need to operate in as well as the attraction of businesses for outside Niagara. So uh, the, we work very closely with the region who goes all over the world promoting Niagara and Niagara Falls is a good place to, to operate your business. The challenge that we've had over the past five to eight years is we have very limited land, industrial land supply. Uh, so we have a whole bunch of inquiries that come in and really, really great business opportunities that would provide fantastic jobs for our communities. But if we can't find a sufficient location for them, whether it's um, um, a built building or a greenfield opportunity to build, um, we're losing out on those opportunities. So as part of our um, looking towards the future, Niagara Falls uh, did an employment land strategy. We worked with Watson um, Consulting as well as Dylan Consulting on that to look at what we need um, in employment lands for the next 30 years. So this plan is really gonna take us to 2051. Um, and it shows that we're gonna need to accommodate just under 4,000 um, industrial and employment related jobs over the next 30 years. Um, so we need upwards of 150 acres of land to be able to accommodate that. Um, and we also took a look at um, properties within the city. As the city has continued to grow, industrial operators who may have been on the fringe of the city currently may not be anymore. So we've got some properties that maybe just don't make sense um, that could be rezoned for a better use, whether it's commercial or residential. Um, and then we've got properties um, that we need to provide infrastructure to, to really be able to satisfy the, those 150 acres um, as we move forward. So part of the strategy really looked at locations and where we're hoping to build this. And we looked all over the city um, within the urban boundaries. As part of the provincial policy um, and provincial growth plan, um, it's the responsibility of the region and the municipality to properly plan for residential as well as employment growth. Um, so this is a mandate also from the province. We need to make sure we can accommodate jobs, especially when our community is growing. So we have looked at um, the Grassy Brook area, which would be um, the east side of the QEW between um, Lions Creek Road and Stanley Avenue as an opportunity for our next industrial park um, that would satisfy those land needs that would need to take us to the next 30 years. So is that close to the Stanley Park Industrial Park? Is that right? It is. Yeah, right. the only thing separating the Stanley Avenue Industrial Park and this potential new industrial park would be the Welland River. Got it. And the nice thing about this piece of property right now is that it already is a truck route. 
uh, for the Stanley Avenue Business Park and our larger operators there um, that can take Lions Creek Road straight out to the highway. So you're not passing at present too many residential homes, which is something as an industrial operator is very, very important. Our industrial operators do not want to operate anywhere near residential. Uh, there's compatibility issues with that. And, and it's just, you know, for the sustainability of their operations, uh, it's something a lot of them don't feel comfortable with. So with having this location um, moving forward, um, of course, we still have to move this through council um, for approval, but um, is a really good opportunity there for us to work with the Niagara region. So this is actually their preferred location for their new wastewater treatment facility. So the opportunity for us to work together as well to sustain that development, which is almost a half a billion dollar piece of infrastructure, is really um, the safest thing to do is put industrial around that, which would satisfy our needs as well as maintain um, the safety of that facility um, and any odor, noise, anything that may right. be on with that. Um, so that's kind of the Coles Notes version of the plan. We are doing a secondary plan for that Grassy Brook area in 2022, and we do hope to move forward on those lands within the next eh, three to four years and really bring it to market because, you know, you can just take a look at the QEW and see the transport trucks driving to the border. And those are opportunities um, for us to have increased employment in Niagara Falls. Um, so we want to make sure that we're, we're taking advantage of those opportunities um, as they come around the Golden Horseshoe because the greater Toronto area is really built up. Um, and a lot of the manufacturers in the greater Toronto area, if they can't expand or purchase their own building, Niagara is a really good choice because oftentimes their largest market it really is the U.S. population. So it's really bringing them closer to that market. Yeah, that's great. That was that's a great explanation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Angela, you know, one of the other issues uh, through this exciting pandemic was uh, broadband as more people were, work, you know, working from home. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the city uh, in Niagara Falls and, and also uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake, uh, I understand, have a, have a great relationship as co-owners of the Niagara Regional Broadband Network. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the NRBN and what that looks like moving forward? Uh, as we all struggle with uh, broadband, it seems, no matter where we are these days. Of course. Uh, the Niagara Regional Broadband Network is 75% um, owned by the City of Niagara Falls. Um, so we've uh, worked very closely with them and they actually work directly out of our Wayne Thompson building um, at the City of Niagara Falls as well. So we have a very close relationship. When that group first started, um, their main um, goals and priorities were um, servicing the, the um, mush, mesh sector. So medical, educational, um, social services, hospitals. So they did a lot of the larger universities, our hospital sites, municipalities. Um, and as they moved forward, they started looking at, okay, how can we service um, businesses and residential homes? Um, so that's, I think, the area, the growth area that they're in right now, um, along with, I think they've got a couple other um, pretty exciting new opportunities that they're exploring too, um, as we move forward. Um, but I will say broadband is something that's extremely important. Um, we have a couple locations around Niagara Falls um, and one of our business parks is actually one of them that has historically had challenges with broadband. And the major utility providers, um, they have their own priorities and their own priority markets. So um, trying to make sure that our um, businesses are equipped with the specific broadband needs 
for them to be able to operate daily um, was becoming a challenge. And we worked very well with NRBN to service this area um, through a variety of mechanisms. Um, fiber, you know, direct fiber is one option. Um, um, what's it called? What broadband wireless was another, um, varying on price points and what businesses needs are. Um, so we do have, um, similar to a lot of locations across the province, areas that maybe just don't have as good broadband coverage um, as others. And the great opportunity for us with Niagara Region Broadband is we can really work with them um, to make sure that our businesses and our residents have that because they're local. Um, and I think that that's one of the really strong points about them is that they work in the community that they service and they understand those needs, uh, which I think is great. Certainly, uh, you know, one of the challenges in certain parts of the, the city is that, as you mentioned, the, uh, uh, you know, the broadband operators uh, don't appear to want to, in some cases, invest in updating the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, moving forward, uh, hopefully that's going to be dealt with because already there are satellite services like uh, Elon Musk's uh, Skylink service that I think will... Uh, potentially uh, help residents and, uh, you know, if the, if the operators don't uh, move swiftly, they may end up being left behind. So I hope they will, uh, they will move ahead and do that. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Angela, is, you know, what are the plans for, uh, you know, the downtown part of Niagara Falls? You know, there are people who say it's a tale of two cities. There's the tourist part of the city and then the uh, then the business part of the city and, you know, Queen Street used to be, uh, you know, where all the, the business happened. Um, it seems to be uh, a lot less busy down this part of town. Um, what are the plans to revitalize uh, this part of the city? Mm -hmm. So we actually have a lot of really exciting things going on in the downtown right now. Um, and a lot of irons in the fire, I will say. Um, so the first thing that I think we've done um, over the past 10 years is really uh, provide some adequate infrastructure downtown. So um, from um, Wi-Fi to redoing the roads um, and the infrastructure piece, that was kind of, I'd say, our first step. The second was really um, the zoning. So the opportunity with the GO train that's coming to downtown Niagara Falls and is daily, um, the infrastructure that goes along with that. So, and as well, um, the opportunity for people to live and work near this transportation hub. Um, so there was a, a secondary plan and a zoning done on this. Uh, it's currently under appeal, um, but there's an opportunity for a variety of locations in downtown to really be built up and intensify over the next 20 to 25 years, which I think will really change the face of downtown. The second, which, which I mentioned was um, the GO train coming downtown. So the region is doing a whole bunch of work on Bridge Street and Victoria Avenue right now to really beautify and bring that streetscaping down um, and update the infrastructure in the roads. We've got a couple large um, residential development projects that are in the works for downtown. Um, I can't say too much more about them because they're still going through the process, but we could see towers close to 30 stories um, coming within the next few years, which I think will drive more residents downtown. Um, and we've got another really exciting opportunity for post-secondary, which is something that we've been working on for a number of years. Um, I know it's Mayor's Gyms, um, one of his strategic priorities. Um, and, we're, and we're getting quite close to success on that one as well. And I think um, over the next few years, as we see some of these opportunities come to fruition, uh, we will really see a change um, downtown. 
We do have currently a variety of thriving businesses who are, who are working down there. Our BIA is very, very committed to downtown events such as the um, Christmas market and, and movies and movies on the street. So um, I think it's a really big joint effort. Um, and I don't think that we're, we're necessarily looking to compete with the downtown tourism area, Clifton Hill and Fallsview. I really think this is an area for locals. Um, and as we move forward and I intensify, I think that we'll see more of that. Great. Look forward to that. Dolores, anything else? No, I think that was a, a great conversation. So much information. Thank you, Angela. Yeah, you know, sometimes I start on Niagara Falls and I just can't <laughs> stop. So I hope I didn't provide too much. It was perfect. Yeah, okay, great. Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us uh, with some great insights. Uh, Niagara Falls is popular. It's a, it's a popular place for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we love what... Uh, you know, your organization is doing to help uh, the growth. And uh, we look forward to uh, some exciting times uh, moving, for moving forward. So Dolores, uh, what do we have planned for next week? Yeah, next week, we're going to wel welcome Stephen Kanjar. He's the broker of record with uh, Peak Performers and Neville Kidd, who's the senior account manager with uh, Desjardins. We're gonna be talking about Niagara's housing market. It's still hot, 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 but will that continue? We'll find out. Uh, to all of our listeners, send us the topics that you're talking about because we want to talk about them too. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful day.